children, let me give you the subject of the day. Now we're live. Officially. Take two or three. Take three. We're recording. (laughs) We're at Near Post Studios on the west side of Los Angeles, California. Yeah. (laughs) Set up my my room. I got a lot more room uh, now with my new setup in here. Got a bunch of artwork up. Got some kits up. Got some bootlegs up. Um, Yeah. Ready to rock. Yeah. Drew's got his little desk. It's just, it's coming. It's a nice little corner. It's a nice little space. I'm excited to get some. I've got a couple <coughs> of uh, prints coming from the UK, and I'm excited to get some, uh, get some frames and get it, get everything proper and getting it, get it. Uh, yeah, get Drew's it been, been, been active on social, like dipping into all the all the fan art, all the all the creatives that are are creating some nice football inspired work. It's important, right? You don't think so? No, I mean, no, absolutely. Yeah, like, especially now, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone is so like terrified about life <laughs> yeah everyone's just like escaping and, and and just what makes me feel good what, yeah. what makes other people feel good and yeah. that's kind of why we're doing this too so it, it, whatever's going on for anybody just like listen to us we'll we'll, we'll we'll put the world on pause for you for a little bit hopefully hopefully <laughs> anthony's about to tell you like the most horrifying story ever but oh my god what for, happened I don't so, know. Do you want to go with the dog story or with yeah, the tweaker uh, story? I got. I'll. I'll tell the dog story a little later. It, it, it relates a little bit to the LA Derby in a weird way, but also relating to dogs. I'm here just in. I live in Long Beach, and I was just going to the local TJ Maxx and just trying to get dog treats. Like, why would you? Okay, why at TJ Maxx though? Because every dog gear is so cheap there, man. Dog gear. Dog gear, man. They have beds, <laughs> chew toys. Uh, and treats. I I'm like, I haven't had dogs in a long time. I didn't know this. I'm gonna go in there and, and just just re up on all the dog supplies. And I just felt like ended up leaving like feeling like a stupid yuppie piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did I need to leave the house for this? Because there was a psychopath patrolling the parking lot of you this. Sound like straight up, who's gone wild? Straight out of who's gone wild. <laughs> I get out of my car. I'm just walking in, just thinking like. I think it's like a normal day and just going to the local TJ Maxx on the phone with my sister. And this guy out of nowhere is like, sup, homie? What the fuck you doing? I'm like, I just like the record stop. I'm like, wait, what? And then he's just lighting me up, just talking shit to me right now. I'm like, oh, fuck. Just, like just this guy out, like, of the blue. out of the blue. Awesome. With like a tall can of Budweiser. He had to be in his like early 20s. Like, and I... I was just like completely caught off guard and I'm just like walking straight. I'm like, I'm just going to pretend like he's not there. It worked. I'm just like, he's just mouthing off the whole time. I'm like, what the fuck? And I walk through the, (laughs) through, through the, the doors and they have a bunch of greeters there all masked up. And they're just like, they had like a energy, like, yeah, he's been here all day and we can't do anything about it. But I didn't even ask. I didn't even want to be like, yo, what's the deal with that guy out there? went in 
got what I needed. And then I can't, uh, as I'm walking back out, I'm just like thinking, I'm like, oh, God, is he still going to be there? And I'm walking out and this like just boomer dad in like plaid shorts and flip flops is like walking up and he just comes up to him and he goes, sup homie, got a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's just like, what the fuck? And I'm just like, I looked at, I was just like, timed it perfectly, exited while he was harassing that guy. And I was just so bummed out and just so like... Did you get the treats? I got the treats. All right, good. I just got in and out. And at the same time, it's like, you know, what I was telling you earlier, when you go to like someplace like downtown LA, you, you're a little bit more prepared for, you know, random, <laughs> random acts of chaos. Yeah. Not this like little middle class TJ Maxx where you've gone without even batting an eye yeah. to be surprised by this kind of shit. <laughs> and... It was just, I was like, nobody could have helped me. Like, there's a bunch of just like aunts and grandmas in there. And then just a couple of dads that are like, no my one. My stepmom loves TJ Maxx. Yeah, no one was going to come to my aid. So I was just like, just let's just make it to the car and get out of here. There was just like no, just pure flight. Just pure flight. And it wasn't like you were getting necessary goods, right? That was a thing, right? No, no. I was just getting like stupid shit. <laughs> the, the, the meaningless shit. I mean, your dogs are appreciative, I hope. Yeah. So that was that's my random st story to share with uh, our listeners today. Awesome. Be careful. Don't be on your phone. Be vigilant. <laughs> shit's weird right now. Shit <laughs> is weird right now. And that's why I have been doing my best to stay home as much as possible. The only time I really leave during the week is to work out go on runs and stuff like that. Um, I live in a pretty nice neighborhood, though, so I'm not really tripping too much. And then when I'm at home, I'm just applying for jobs, reading, uh, you know, soccer stuff. Basically, speaking of soccer stuff, fun, beautiful week. If you're a Madrid supporter, which I am. Congratulations. If you're a LAFC supporter, which I am. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. And congratulations to Leeds, which I think I'm going to start paying more and more attention to uh, because of what uh, that documentary that I saw. I think I talked about it a couple times, but uh, Bielsa and their whole story is just incredible. Their new ownership is incredible. Also, just a team with uh, tons of history. They're back in the Premier League. And uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, moving along, great news this morning for the city of Los Angeles. The NWSL announced that we will be getting a team in Los Angeles. By 2022? Yes, which is awesome. Very, very good news. Um, long time coming and very deserved. Uh, LA right now, is, as ever anyone can see, is a complete um, hotbed for soccer yeah, culture. There's a lot of ballers here. Yeah. Especially for, for the ladies. Hot, well, hotbed for, hotbed for soccer yeah. culture. I mean, even on the fan side of things, mm -hmm. but now when you look at the ownership group and all that stuff, I mean, they have an incredible list of women that are doing amazing things in their respective fields. So to get them all unified and lined up to get this going is lights out. It's cool. Awesome. Hopefully it can be another like model, like franchise Yeah. on how to make, how to do soccer here properly. Yeah. We'll get more in depth about it. I want to talk a little bit about like how I saw the thorns and what, when I went to Portland and how... I saw that and I was kind of taken back. But uh, let's start with the LA Derby. Um, also, there's a lot of back and forth about the name. There's been a lot of back and forth about the name uh, with El Trafico. And I think I kind of want to make something very clear. There's a lot of people that don't understand or don't know where the El Trafico name 
came from. Uh, it came from a writer that writes used to write for the Galaxy. Um, he also wrote a lot of not so nice things about uh, the three two five two and about LAFC fans in general. It made a lot of really weird blanket statements about the fans. Um, he was the one that came up with the title, um, and that's why a lot of people have a negative connotation and negative feeling towards it. So to a lot of people that are on the outside, a lot of East Coast media, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot, again, a lot of people that are on the outside looking in, it seems like a silly thing, but you don't, I think a lot of people don't really get it. It's coming from a, from a, from a different place. And for a lot of people, it's just kind of a corny name. So from my perspective, I would like to uh, be in solidarity and be on the side of the good people that I know that are in the 3252, my family that are in supporters groups. So I'm going to side with them on this. I'm going to call it the LA Derby. Nice. Simple. Cool. So moving along, the LA Derby. Um, hmm. I'm going to ask you first, what, what were your thoughts before the match? How were you feeling? What were you thinking? Uh, so many of the stars have were removed from it. Mm -hmm. And so like the g best games I've been to have been that, that, that fixture. And it just felt so weird that it was going to be at a neutral ground with no fans. Mm -hmm. And you know, I hate to like, you know, keep harping on that just because it's like, it's something that's out of everybody's control. Yeah. And it's just, it feels like it's not a fair thing to do, but it just, it, it made it weird. And especially the fact that all the, the key players that you, you want to see perform, th they were going to be absent. So it just, I was like a virgin experience. You're just like, all right, let's see what's, what's going to happen. And that, that was like my, my build up to it. Just kind of, you know, hearing all the buzz and that last minute what Chicharito was, got injured. So that, that, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, took took the oomph out of it, I would say. Um, but also, it, it's it's been weird. This whole tournament has been weird because I think in general, there's, I mean, I wouldn't say in general, there's a lot of different emotions and feelings that people are having about this. However, like, I, I me personally, I was, I started to feel weird about it as LAFC's first match was going to start um like a couple days before because i not only had i been laid off but like it, it was just this whole situation is very awkward two teams had to drop out because of covid and then you know some people are, are going back and forth about you know the food they're getting and stuff which i don't really know but it just it was just a weird situation right mm -hmm. and it was hard to like be super excited about it but then once lafc played their first game i was screaming my head off biting my nails going crazy as I, I, I couldn't help it. It just, it just is a thing, right? You're, it's completely tied to you. It is. I know, I know you, and it's already, it's like yeah, wrapped you around can, your heart. You can now. have the conversations yeah. in your head, <laughs> and you can be an adult about it or mm -hmm. whatever. But none of that shit matters once the game's on. You're mm -hmm. a complete psycho. I mean, I, I most of us turns in, turn into like mm -hmm. a completely different person, right? Or a psychopath. As yeah. I, I was gonna say. Uh, so I was uneasy during that day. I was feeling that that feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because we're playing them. Yeah, and it's been so long since you... So even with all those things, again, they're not playing good. They're playing really mm -hmm. bad. Um, they don't have Chicharito. They don't have Jonathan Dos Santos, which I think is a much bigger deal. Mm -hmm. um, and they just... They, they they don't have what we have. I, I know that. But in the past, that's been the case also. Like, Even if they did have those guys, we had a much better team, an overall team, in my opinion. When I would watch LAFC 
play other teams, I was like, man, we're really good. Mm-hmm. When I would watch the Galaxy play other teams, I'm like, they're really terrible. Yeah. But when they would play LAFC for some fucking reason. I mean, that's the beauty of a derby. Would, they would play amazing. And I've experienced it too many times to where I felt confident. So now I just don't feel confident in these games. Mm-hmm. So I had uneasiness. I was out and about during the day. I picked up a, a kit from this guy. Uh, came home, worked out a little bit, and then got some food. And I sat down and started eating. Like, and then I was like stress eating because mm-hmm. I was just like, I was getting antsy. It was mm-hmm. kind of I feel like it was taking too long. I just wanted it to happen. Yeah, because it was at like a seven thirty p.m. kickoff for our time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then uh, game starts, and we are just flat as super flat I'm, I, that's one thing i was like kind of like i'm like oh shit they're going for it yeah I, I, there was a good intensity immediately and then they, they Dude, got the, the first 15 minutes problems. they were all over us mm-hmm. we couldn't make a, two passes we couldn't there was a lot of um terrible first touch which is very rare especially in the midfield the midfield was just completely out of whack Ter- like so many passes to the to the opposition i can't like it was just I didn't. I don't even understand. A lot of forced, trying to force through balls that just weren't there. Just really bad decision making on a high level, and the Galaxy scored within the first couple of minutes off of a own goal. Um, we got pretty lucky on that. We got pretty lucky on that uh, BWP penalty. I would say that's just like, but that's crafty sort of like old school striker shit that you that you see happen mm-hmm. all over the world, right? So he gets that. <clears throat> And then uh, they get a penalty, which I think was deserved also. Jocko was a bit late on the tackle. And I'm just like, I don't feel good. It was 2-2 at the half, right? Well, yes, 2-2 at the half. Uh, We finally strung those three passes together down the middle. Mm -hmm. BWP gets a one-on-one deflected, and Rossi puts it away. But those types of plays, I'm like, it's so simple. Galaxy was pressing, but they weren't doing like a three-man press. It was Mm -hmm. like a one-man, man-to-man press, which is not even like... This like high level technical stuff. It's really easy to just like play lateral and then go forward. It's mm-hmm. really easy, and they just they couldn't handle it. I don't know why, but it after that goal, I felt like okay, we settled down a little bit. We finally got three passes together. Second half, Ginella comes in, which I think was massive. Latif goes over to the right. Then you started to see the snowball just yeah, and you uh, just see the gap in depth. Yeah. There's a huge gap in depth. Well, there's a huge gap in depth, but there's also a huge gap in Bob. I think Bob has been criticized in the past a little bit for not making timely subs and not making the right subs, maybe. But to me, this situation was he also, like, not only was our team better, he completely outcoached GBS, like, mm-hmm. completely. It was not close. Uh, he made. Incredible. Uh, once he put Cifuentes in, once it was uh, Cifuentes, El Munir, and Ginella, those three, to me, there was the three key. Um, obviously, the, the, I think there was one more. Um, oh, Dio had to go out. That's right. But those three guys in particular made a world of difference. Obviously, El Munir had that screamer. Um, but Ginella, I love, love, love the way he plays. I think he gives uh, Atuesta a little bit more um, freedom. He's so calm. Sometimes he tries to go a little bit extra for that like crazy through ball or that crazy pass, but in general, I, I love the way he plays. I think he could be an incredible player. And then Cifuentes, we saw him really get some good solid minutes and he looked lights out. He had that through ball down to Brian. Brian crossed it over to uh, Rossi for the tap-in. And, you know, it was just domination. And, uh, you know, after the after the third goal, I was like, oh, this is... It's just cruise control. 
And GBS didn't make any subs, which was even more like odd to me. Um, you had plenty of you have you have the bodies, mm -hmm. but maybe it's maybe it's not a situation of the bodies. Maybe it's more so a situation of the personnel who you have in place. Mm -hmm. I feel like it showed a tremendous lack of confidence in those players. Obviously, because at the very least, you got to fucking save face, bro. You're losing five six to two. Oh yeah. my god, like. You, ugh, that's not that's you, you don't just like you don't just, on the record, you don't just you don't just you don't you're playing your rival you don't just mm -hmm. the you don't just like uh, brush brush that off that that mm -hmm. doesn't feel good you know um, and I think mentally you just saw the gal the galaxy defense was just like cones at one point it was it could have been like it could have been like nine goals at one point I mean it was it was pretty crazy man. I was surprised how fast the scoreline got got up. Towards the end, the last like fifteen minutes, it was I was like three goals. When when he wasn't making those subs, he wasn't making those subs. Mm -hmm. We did make the subs, yeah. and then you give Brian, you know, free. He doesn't have any de defensive responsibilities at that point. And then uh, you're playing Rossi at false nine, mm -hmm. and then you you have Munir who has no defensive. He had no defensive, um, no defensive responsibility. Also, it was just cr crazy, dude. Like it was it was nuts. Um, so once we were able to bust midfield and have that have that happen, it was it looked like drills at one point. It was it was pretty crazy, uh, incredibly satisfying, really uh, just a really good win. Something that's a nice positive thing out of this whole shit show that a lot of us are going through. And then of course, even with the weird sort of uh, undertones and light that's being shed on this tournament. To me, it was just a good positive thing, and uh, it made me super happy. So, yeah, you want to see your you want to see your team be successful. At the end and, of the day, you do. Well. At the end of the day, you do want to see. And, that. and then put the put the rival to the sword. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but during this match, this is where like. Did you talk to Carlos about this at all? Uh no, I just saw his his, uh, his posts on IG, and it's just sad boy galaxy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> at first, he was just trolling a little bit, and and then just like sad boy galaxy shit i'm like hi dude you, well, can't, was, you can't do both this and arsenal man that's, that's, like a, rough, <laughs> yeah, that's a rough that was B the team there was there was there's fans that are that were you know I, my, like man united fans the following day they ended up losing you know to uh lost to chelsea mm -hmm. but uh it was it was uh it was a brutal one man and it was weird because they started off so positively but i think you see what happens is like there's a sustained level that you need to be at to beat LA to beat the LAFC, and if you're playing that way the whole game, then you can compete mm -hmm. for sure, right? Just the way that uh, Seattle did last last year, right? Yeah. In the playoffs, they were at a high level, took it to the took it to LAFC all game long, not twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, but that was like a season's worth of fitness and training yeah. and a build up yeah. to getting calibrated for playoffs mm -hmm. and and to execute that kind of a strategy. Yeah. But yeah, in that match, this is where Tony's story number two comes up. Okay, yeah. I am at my parents' house. Just I, I was visiting them for the weekend. And I'm watching the match. And then they, they go up 3-2. Uh, right before they went, went up 3-2, um, I got a phone call from a 714. And, you know, you don't pick up a number that's like a strange number. I'm like, I'm not going to even deal with this. Put it to the <laughs> side. And then I'm keep watching. And then like maybe 20 minutes goes by. And... I check again. I look at my phone. I see they go up three two, and I look at my phone. I'm like, "Oh, that's a text message." What'd they say? It says, "Hi, uh, I have your dog Polly. Uh, I picked him up off the side of the freeway in Long Beach." And I'm like, 
(laughs) instantly just like snapped out of it like wait what what's happening and then i look at my phone i'm like wait i've had missed calls i get get up and i go i get out of the room and i'm going through it you know there everyone's okay but i i find out that my girlfriend and my roommate got into a car accident and they're best friends and luckily it was just single single car accident but the wild shit that happened you know they were going pretty fast airbags went off dog was in the car Polly gets out of the car and books it he's a little 13 pound lap dog yeah he's like a multi poo yeah something else maltese poodle terrier great dog but he as you know the airbags bags just go off they see the car smoking and they're like we just gotta get out of the car so they open the door but he's just like i'm gone boom runs down the ramp and runs across the like four lanes of freeway my girlfriend and my roommate are running down chasing after him and she's like in the middle of the freeway stop 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 and everyone's slowing down and then he's just like zigs like playing frogger <laughs> going across the, the, the highway and oh my god she has because she she split like a little she had a split in her forehead and she's just all bloody in like a sunday dress and then everyone, she said, like, I saw the faces of the people that, and they were stopping on the freeway and they all were like, what's happening? Oh, my God. There's a little white dog running across the street and there's this, like, girl in this dress, like, with blood, like, looking like Carrie, run, <laughs> run, like, chasing after it. And I'm sure everyone's like, is this a fucking ghost? Like, <laughs> like, like in broad daylight. What is going on? Yeah. So <laughs> it was terrifying for them. And he runs across and then he books it down the shoulder. And she can't keep up with him. He keeps going. And then by that point, someone else like got out of their car and stopped her. Like, lady, you need to like sit down. You're you you probably you're probably hurt. And she's like, the dog, Might the have dog, a concussion, the dog. Blah blah blah. So luckily, I'm coming from a place where I immediately know that the dog's okay. And so I let them know when I finally get in touch with them. Like, somebody has the dog. I, I, he seems like he's. She didn't say he's like dying or anything, or he didn't get hit by a car. And, you know. I get home that night. They're all shooken up and traumatized. And the Polly was just like a little banged up. He hurt his leg, and we're just just hoping nothing crazy happened because there was a period of time where you, you didn't know what happened to the dog. Yeah, because he's just gone. Yeah, he's just gone. But um, thank goodness, you know, the lady that picked him up said like everyone started to slow down because they saw him running down the shoulder, uh-huh. and then she just like kind of opened up the door at the right time and tried to call him in, and he just jumped in the car yeah, he's probably freaked out he's like I need, just yeah. need to get at to least it. he had the sense to yeah. jump in the car you know some dogs are still just like nah, no screw you i don't know you i'm gonna keep going <laughs> yeah. this way till i'm exhausted but yeah everyone's okay people are banged up but you know everyone's still alive that was the day that was the day of the derby that was the day of the derby jesus yeah. dude and so then you watch the game after all that shit happened yeah well like after that i knew the that's why I was, this is why I was a little bit surprised at the scoreline because later that night I checked the score. I thought it was maybe like going to end 3-2 and I'm like, oh shit, they scored some more and I watched the highlights later. Yeah. But yeah, that was the weekend. You know, it's been a wild year. Yeah. <laughs> like, to say the least. Speaking yeah. of wild year, let's talk about your arsenal. Fuck, man. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is why, man. This is fucking why. It's the hope. They they keep me on the hook, dude. This is why I keep watching. It's the hope. I think everyone watched that game because they had to. 
I think no one really felt great. I mean, everyone was happy about the Liverpool result. Yeah. But anybody that watched that game, that didn't really give you a lot of confidence. It's just like, oh, maybe finally, like, we got lucky that we got a result that we didn't really necessarily... Well, because, I mean, you're playing City. Yeah. City doesn't have anything to win. I no, mean, I mean, they I mean, do. I mean, they're still in the Champions League, right? Sorry. They're, yeah, they're in the Champions League, and, you know, they want a title. They want to win, you know, the FA Cup. That's and a, the no, holders. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. They, they give a shit about the yeah. FA Cup. Versus Liverpool, they're, they're you know, yeah. they're just winding down. They're, they're, they've been drinking for, you know, what, two, two weeks now? Three weeks? Yeah, but it, that, that Liverpool match, it was great. It was a nice little boost, but it just felt like a one-off. Like, it's just, you know, we're so lucky. In 95th minute, a miracle save from Martinez, like... We were able to save face, but Jesus, man, the the one thing out of that match is just like I was telling you about. Just I'm so sick of the bias, the officiating bias. You know, I know people will like, you know, come down on Gooners for being fucking whiny little like crybabies about it, but like, dude, just just do some homework. The stats are all there. This has been happening for the last like fucking twenty years. Like, refs don't like us. Refs will fuck with us and just you know we have like the biggest like gap in the ratio between like cards to fouls like the least amount of fouls and the most amount of cards it's just so just a, do the homework it, it fucking sucks and that's how i fell after the liverpool sound, game because you sound like the uh english premier league getting bravo right now that's <laughs> look into it <laughs> look into it <laughs> but oh man the city game that was a. You guys played very well. David Luiz. We played like a fucking team, dude. David Luiz. <laughs> dude. This was an awesome. Dude, there was this. Uh, so I watched the game, but not only that, there was like, I think, was it yesterday, the day before maybe? Yeah, yesterday, I think it was. I was just kind of like fucking around on YouTube, and there's this really cool. Um, I don't know if it's like some sort of segment or what you would call it, but basically what they do is they put the cameras on Pep and on. Um, on Pep and on uh, Arteta, the entire match. Mm-hmm. So it's just highlights of them. Their like, body language and everything? Well, them like screaming, them mm-hmm. you know giving direction. And you see Pep uh, like during one of the water breaks just going ballistic, just mm-hmm. like vein, you know jugular vein fully like mm-hmm. throbbing, going crazy. And he's just, Pep's obviously, we are, everyone makes fun of him for being so animated. Um, and when he's angry, it's just a whole different level. But he was just not happy. And I, you could tell Arteta really wanted to get up, like one up on his mentor and his guy, you know, the guy that's been... His... I mean, that's who we played out of the gates to come back. Yeah. And we had two major injuries in mm-hmm. that match. So it just wasn't the right introduction to like him playing against his mentor. Whereas this one, you know, I think most Arsenal fans just really were just seeing what... Didn't have a lot of high expectations from this. But... Tyranny was amazing. Danny and Jaka bossed the midfield. They played, they controlled the midfield properly. And that's something that was super, has been super frustrating in the last few years because usually that's always been what Arsenal could hang their hat on. Yeah. Is, is having a, a solid midfield, the defense and the keeper, maybe not. But now our midfields, there was no, it hasn't been cohesive for, for a few years now. And they played well. And that was reassuring. Lacazette did a lot of dirty work as a, as a striker, and then David Luiz like just peaked at David Luiz, like showing like how a player with that CV.
can play. You know what I mean? Hold on. Sorry for the dogs barking. There's someone at the door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All good, but uh, continue. Yeah, man. And the team goal. And it's just that this is why you watch Arsenal. You know, there was 10 out of the 11 on the field touched the ball, moved it, you know, coast to coast on the field. It was just that's why I love this team. This is why I watch this team. This is the, the DNA of the team. And to see that from back, all the way from the back, all the way to the front, beautiful finish. You know, it, it just was, you know, really invigorating and reassuring. And we defended. We yeah. fucking defended. Yeah. Like, <laughs> David Luiz came up with some really big saves on yeah. uh, some really stop, big stops on uh, Raheem Sterling in mm-hmm. particular. One of them was, I looked like he was going to have a goal for sure. Um, and it's funny because you see him, you know, a couple games ago, he was just getting roasted. Uh, but yeah, now this is the classic Arsenal thing. You get that hope, right? It's always the hope. And now, it always, I mean, it's, it's like you hate it, but it's just like, all right, fuck, it's back. All of a sudden, we're, there's a trophy on the line. It's uh, like, shit. You guys played in the FA Cup against Chelsea last season? No, in 2017. 2017? Really? Was it that long ago? Yeah, man, time's fine. What the fuck? And that was another, that was, I think we were even more of an underdog going into that. Um, wait, wait, no, 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 no. There was one that was more recent than that, for sure. No, that was, uh, that was Europa. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that right. My bad. Final. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. That was 2017 because we were. Yeah. I was in Spain with for that one. I was mm-hmm. with uh, with Tim's, and uh, Giroud ended up having a little game. He did pretty well in that one, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember he didn't want to watch it. He was like, we were standing outside of a bar waiting for the uh, the match. We were gonna go to the Copa del Rey match, and. I was like, Tim, you don't want to watch the CR something? He was just like, nope, nope, nope. I'm like, you're an Arsenal supporter. He's like, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to no, watch it. No, I mean, it, it felt like a mismatch at that time in 2017. Because I remember waiting. Uh, we were queued up, ready to get our spot at, at a pub in, in Orange County. And my buddy, there was just some like dickhead Chelsea fans in front of us just talking shit the whole time. My friend's like, what are we doing? Like, why are we here? Like, yeah. it's there's been a history at, at the old ship in Santa Ana of like Arsenal and Chelsea games there and Chelsea fans fucking suck and it's just like if we get smoked <laughs> if it gets ugly it's just not gonna be fun yeah. and then he, my friend was like why are we here and I'm like well you know what if it does go our way this is where you want to be this is where it's gonna and you know what it went our way and that was beautiful and it was amazing it was amazing <laughs> that's always how it goes yeah that's yeah because yeah. like that's another thing like I don't think that's unique to the states is where both teams will pack up will fill the same pub mm-hmm. You know, in England, you can never do that. Yeah. But in, in the States, both teams fill up the same pub. And there's a back and forth inside the and walls of the pub. Sometimes I've been in the old ship where it's like, this is Liverpool side, this is uh, mm-hmm. United side. There's, like a, and there's other bars in, in, in the States where they have like a home and away section. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Where like home team gets like this nice, the, the, the more preferred viewing <laughs> section. I went to, yeah, it was a spot in San Diego. Uh, Shakespeare's. That's an interesting little dynamic. I kind of like that. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I would love, you know, to like. It's cool. Design a, a, like, a pub like that with like separate like sections. Yeah, but then also if you think about like LAFC versus Galaxy, I don't think that would go down too well. Well, I mean, that's how these things happen. I'm convinced that the the LA Derby is going to be the first uh, segregated MLS fixture. <laughs> so what do you mean? Like, where it's like you can't be 
wearing colors outside of certain areas of the stadium. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. With this whole NWSL thing, I think this could be something something good mm-hmm. for that. Um, moving along, speaking of the Premiership, Leeds United. Uh, what do you remember about Leeds back in the day? Because you and I have talked about this a couple of times. I mean, they were a fucking thorn in our side early on when I was an Arsenal supporter. I mean, they've had some pretty like notable fixtures on where they kind of rained on our parade and fucked up our seasons. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Mark Viduca, Harry uh, Culera. And then I remember just knowing that they were a Champions League team too around that time too. With yeah, they were Rio Ferdinand. Champions League semifinal. Yeah. And, and, and of course, like, like less, less favorable history. Like there was that incident when they traveled to Turkey. There was like a stabbing incident that's like yeah. notable, just kind of accentuating how dangerous it is to travel to Turkey for big matches and how, you know, psycho some turkish supporters can be yeah yeah so that's especially turkish and you know turkish versus that's like oil and water i still haven't seen that documentary that you know made you fall in love with this like team Uh and but i have heard a lot of the the this when they've been since they've been out of the premier league i have heard that it's almost been a weird blessing for them to like avoid like the corporatization of so many of the other teams it's it's Crazy because um, similar to I mean I, I haven't I've never supported a an English team so you know I was just like watching from the outside I enjoy I enjoy watching a good match it's obviously great great soccer that's happening and then of course the banter talking shit to all my friends is is a, is a great time talking shit to Anthony is a damn good time <laughs> um, but you know I, I was never like super invested uh, but when I watched this. It's a docu series actually on uh, Amazon Prime, and it 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 uh, goes over last season, okay, and they've had a tough time because they went from Champions League to relegation to the Championship to relegation to the uh, second division to League One. Excuse me, within the span of I think it was about five years, right around there or four years maybe. <laughs> But uh, crazy stuff, crazy stuff for for any supporter of, of Leeds. If you've if you've gone through that, I mean, it's just brutal, right? Because they were to the point where it was almost, I mean, they were almost gone as a club. And this is what I, when I explained to people, I was explaining to my dad the other day of how there's not this incentive for you to be super good in American sports. You don't need to be good. If if you like, if you care about championships and and glory and stuff, that's cool. But like for your financial bottom line, you could be a shit team, not win, and just ma- still make money. You know, there's television rights and you'll be fine. Licensing and all that, you're, you're going to be totally fine. In other sports, that, in soccer, that doesn't exist in Europe, certainly, especially in England. Um, but this documentary, obviously, I, I keep talking about it, this docuseries. What's cool is it talks about the takeover of the most recent, um, the most recent ownership. But I don't want to get his name wrong, so I'm going to look it up right now. But he's an Italian American um, owner, and he basically he uh, Andrea Rad uh, Andrea Rodrizani. So he he took over and he put a lot of money, bought some amazing players, and really went at it. Hired uh, Marcelo Bielsa, who is one of the most uh, considered one of the most uh, I wouldn't say prolific, but uh, what's the word? 
he's just he's just like one of these guys that's like that's like a, a, a sort of like a legend or a myth within soccer culture right mm-hmm. uh, he's obsessive he got caught spying on other teams and things like that um, his match reports and things like that are legendary uh, he you know watches endless amounts of tape he's just one of these obsessive OCD type of guys and he just has this uh he doesn't, he's not, a, I wouldn't say he's like this arrogant guy like Mourinho, but he has this like, uh, like mad scientist vibe to him. Uh, and it just makes him super intriguing to me. And I just thought, you know, it was brilliant coming from Newell's, which is Messi's, uh, Messi's uh, team also, but he's a, considered a legend there. He just coached uh, the Argentine national team, uh, Chilean national team, uh, Bill Bao, which is where I really kind of learned about him when Bill Bao was doing very well during. Um, during Messi and Ronaldo's kind of rise, Bilbao was always in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you talk about Bilbao, it's even crazier because they only get players from uh, the Basque region, which I don't know if a lot of people know that, but pretty crazy. Anyway, so that, along with their story, Jack Harrison, who I got to interview when I was in New York a couple, uh, like four years ago, when he was part of playing with uh, NYCFC. His story is amazing. English kid that went to Wake Forest, uh, went up to the ranks in American soccer, Played for NYCFC, goes to Leeds. Uh, actually, he goes to back to Man City and then gets loaned out to Leeds. So technically, I believe he's still a Man City player, but I feel like Leeds is going to buy him. Uh, so his story is incredible. And then another thing that this documentary really touches on is the absolute shit show grind of the championship and how insane yeah. it is. How insane it is. And how, like... If you could have one bad week, because you're playing like two games in a week almost every, that's just what's happening. There's mm-hmm. so many teams and there's like 10 teams that are highly competitive and the the, the talent gap is so close. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's so difficult to to do this. They were, leads were flying last season and they were doing well. They drop like, I think like three or four games in a row, they drop like towards the last two months of the season. They go to a playoff. They win their first match. They're in the for the championship to go into the to go into the uh, EPL. They make it to the, to, to the championship game. They're up one nil, and then they go down two in the final like twenty minutes or something, and then they're out. Mm-hmm. Soul crushing. After after going through that entire like insane fixture that they the 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 crazy ass fixtures that they have in the championship. The, the insane pitches that they play on at times, mm-hmm. the harsh conditions, the harsh, even even the the atmospheres are different. It's watching those matches reminds me a lot of watching uh, the Premiership like in the '90s when I first you yeah know, watching like I, I would agree matches that. at like Craven Cottage and mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, Forest and, and and places like that where it was it was brutal. It was you're right on top. You're right there with the fans. Uh, there's no like stewards getting in the way of people telling people to be quiet. Nah, there's none of that happening. Yeah, it's a little bit more wild. And then yeah, th- th- yeah. there's so many like highlights too, especially with like the the promotion playoffs. I mean, I think probably like the most famous one is the Watford Leicester oh game. Oh my god, man! Yeah. With the the so, double save by Almunia, and yeah. then you know that that charge down the field to ice it with that volley by Troy Deeney. That was unbelievable. And then people just. Storm the pitch. What do you what, I, like? I wouldn't even know what to do with myself in that situation. I feel like I would just start like screaming and like scream crying. Like well, I don't yeah, know what like I would the, do. It's not even the final whistle. I still can't get over just like how shitty the guy that missed the PK must feel because that was like in your hands, and then now all of a sudden 
the other team goes down the field. No, in your hands. Ices it twice. Yeah. Because you had yeah, the yeah, deflection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it then, fell right fucking to you. You know? Everyone storms the pitch. And, oh, man. I mean, it's just like an iconic sports moment. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all the parody, all the drama. And it's insane, man. Like, it's, it's, it made me fall in love a little bit. It, you know, it made me, I wouldn't say fall in love, but it made me, like, really pay attention to these guys. Certainly, the, the owner seems like he really gives a shit. Uh, he cares. You saw him, and I think it was, like, his sporting director he was he's this other spanish i believe spanish italian guy that's very very emotional and you just see like at the end of the season they're so sad mm-hmm. like we were fucking right there we put so much effort and money and, and time. then you gotta start over we again got Bielsa. you gotta we grind got, again oh yeah. and then it's just like fuck we gotta do this again yeah you gotta do this again it's like you just see it, dude, mm-hmm. and it 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 adds to the whole like the whole drama and the whole mystique and the, and the beauty of of soccer and the beauty of pr- promotion relegation yeah. more than anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's no no phoning it in, man. Yeah, so I was yeah. really I was super happy that they were able to do it. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna pay attention to them. I'm gonna follow them a lot more this season. Um, I fell in love with a lot of the players. Like I said, Jack is a really cool kid. Uh, met him a few years back. But uh, interesting to see like Bielsa versus Mourinho. Interesting to see uh, Bielsa versus Pep for sure. Yeah, and then Newcastle's on the up. Newcastle with their new owner. We'll see what's going to mm-hmm. happen. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it next season. Yeah, some for, familiar fixtures back on the... For damn sure. Do you, do you feel like Leeds is a club that deserves to be in the... Oh, I think they've... You know, I think they're kind of like a legacy club in terms of England, yeah. in terms of like in the last you know fifty, you know, fifty years, they've always been in the first division or thereabouts, and they've always had a reputation, and they've always had a lot of notable players coming through their system. It's only up until the last like you know, you know, fifteen years is where they unfortunately were relegated, and they've just been off the radar when so much changes have been happening with, you know, world soccer and to see them back up in the first division. It's like, it's, I think it's going to make a lot of, I saw more people take note. I saw from, from being previous supporters. I don't know if I saw one negative thing about Leeds going back. I didn't see any, any like real hatred in general. I felt like from my fan, my, my homies from the UK, like Tim Z and all these guys, uh, they were seemed pretty stoked. They seemed pretty happy, and I think a lot of it has to, obviously has to do with Bielsa and how they, you know. And I feel like in England, more than anywhere, they love that that weird sort of neurotic coach or that that legendary mythical type of uh, personality. Mm-hmm. And Bielsa kind of fits that and adds to the layers of of drama and you know romanticism that exists. So. Yeah, I just remember like as like a contrasting example, teams like Bournemouth being promoted. Yeah, that for a lot of people is unheard of like my friend that, that that was his local club and he's just like the fact that they're in the Premier League now is insane yeah like that's and growing up uh, you, you just you would never associate this club with playing at the highest level <laughs> yeah. in England yeah. and you know but that, that's a testament to the system you know yeah. you, you invest you do the work you climb the ladder and you can get there and they've been there for a while now yeah. so it's just it's just how it works and it's what keeps it exciting yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, stoked to follow them. Uh, shifting gears. A la Madrid. Uh, we win our 34th league title, I believe it is. Uh, let me double check. 
refresh my memory of what where what was the current state when they everything was frozen because of covid so this was a weird season because <clears throat> hazard and jovic those are the two big guys that everyone was really excited about jovic lit up bundesliga last season and then obviously hazard mm-hmm. uh hazard deals with some injuries doesn't ever really get his feet uh, under him. Has he certainly plays great, but just he's not like not like his prime Chelsea days, right? Um, and then Jovic is just I think he scored two goals maybe. Uh, but this season is about youth that we have, and then defensive soundness. Uh, so before we left to COVID, we had uh, just lost to City in in the Champions League, and that game we were. Dominating the game at, at, at certain points. It was a rough game, but um, we lost to City. And then it was weird because a couple weeks before we beat Barcelona, uh, we hadn't done that in a while. Um, so, like, I think last year they swept us and we beat them twice. To, I think we beat it, we, we drew and we beat them this season. I think that's what happened. Um, but so it was, it was still like a bit of uneasiness. But Rodrigo was playing well. Vinicius was starting to really come into his own. Um, and then Benzema. To me, Benzema this season has been like incredible, incredible. So going into, coming back from the break, Barcelona had a, I think a four point lead or a three point lead on us. And we needed to basically win out the season. We couldn't really lose. Um, and that's what happened. We didn't draw any games and we won every single game in a row. Uh, it's the least amount of goals that Madrid has ever led in, if I'm not mistaken, or like very close. Uh, certainly in the modern era, that, has nev- that hasn't been the case with Madrid at all, even with all those titles, even with winning Champions Leagues. There's a lot of, there's a couple third place finishes in there in La Liga. There's a lot of second place finishes, of course. So for us to win La Liga is a big, big, big deal. Um, and it's just weird how it's coinciding with our rise of implementing youth, mm-hmm. which we used to associate with Barcelona. And Barcelona's demise, kind of, with you know, what's happening, it's 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 a it's, like a, shift. it's a shift for sure, and you people are, are really starting to see it. Um, it's it's in, I, I don't know what's happening at Barcelona, but clearly there's something. Messi had an interview during the last match, and he said some really like weird, like not weird but grim things uh, as to the situation. And if I'm a Barcelona fan and Messi's saying these types of things, it's it's troubling, it's worrying for mm-hmm. sure. Um, almost to the almost like hints of like I don't know if I want to be here, mm-hmm. you know. So interesting to see that, and it's just weird when you think of the plight of these two teams and how they've just been so dominant for you know fifteen years, ten ten years really. Yeah, these two like juggernaut yeah. organizations. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Ronaldo left last season. Messi's not getting any younger, uh, and I'm sure he wants to win a Champions League before he he's, he he goes out. I don't know if he can do that at Barcelona with the way things are. Right now, certainly it doesn't look like that. Uh, but the cool thing is, we still have Champions League to look forward to next month, which is which is kind of crazy, you know. So uh, Madrid win the league. To me, it was deserving. There's a lot of talk about VAR, a lot of talk about penalties. Look, you don't get penalties if you're not attacking. You don't get penalties if you're not in the box. You don't get penalties if you're not constantly trying to score. Okay. Sometimes there's dodgy calls. Fine. If you're a Barcelona fan, if you're a Man United fan, if you're a fan of a big club and you're complaining about favorable calls, 
I don't know what to tell you. It's it's pretty it's pretty like just stop just stop don't, don't be silly, <laughs> especially if you're a Barcelona supporter and you're talking about dodgy calls. Do me a huge favor, pick up your phone, call Didier Drogba, call Michael Ballack, call John Terry, <laughs> call Jose Mourinho, and talk about that Champions League final. What was it? Oh, it was a semifinal. Semifinal twenty ten twenty seven oh seven. It's maybe like oh seven or oh eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you want to talk about the most like dog shit, ridiculous referee decisions you've ever seen in your life? Don't ever, 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 ever bring up. If you're a Barcelona fan, don't ever bring up the ref. A dodgy referee decision. Don't ever bring up diving when your your CDM is literally there's gifts of him diving all over the place. Mm-hmm. Busquets. I don't want to hear that shit, dude. It's it's laughable. It's such a laughable, silly thing. So. Yeah, sometimes we get some calls. It's the nature of the game. But we made those. You don't get penalties by sitting back and, and parking the bus, do you? You have to be in the box. You have to be attacking. And that's what Real Madrid did. That's what that's what, what's been happening. And we have not allowed goals in. Also, big up Courtois. He's been lights out this season. Uh, incredible performances from him. And defensively, we've been lights out. So that's all I got to say. Deserved to win La Liga. I'm excited to go up against Man City in this next round. Hopefully we can have some, you know, hopefully they can have some fans by then. Probably not, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how everyone kind of experiences this weird new realm of Champions League in the summer for the mm-hmm. first time ever. That's why I was wondering, I'm like, why are PSG playing all these weird-ass friendlies? And I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, they got to stay sharp. Up. They got to stay sharp. Dude, the, the, just the nature of the calendar now is just such a mindfuck for me. It's still hard then, for me to like the, focus on Bro, but then the, 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 World Cup, the World Cup fixtures get released while this is all happening. And they're going to have, like, you're going to watch, we're going to watch the, the World Cup in December. Wait, which World Cup? You mean the Euros? No, Qatar got released. You didn't see the fixtures? But... Oh, just like the... But had they done qualifying for that? They, they released the dates of the fixtures. Oh, the dates. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, cool, Christmas in the World Cup? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, it's going to be weird. I can't even wrap my head around Yeah, I saw that like, fixture, and then, like, with all with everything that's going on right now, it's, it's just, yeah. like, so weird to even think about it, right? This year's such a wash. It's just insane. It's just insane to think how like everyone, there's so many people that are like, you know what, we'll, we'll be okay by it. You know, by by June, we'll be back to normal. Everyone's <laughs> like, June, June, everything will be, everything will make a little bit more sense in June, and everything's we're closing out in August, and things make way less sense. Everything got worse in June, <laughs> especially in this country. <laughs> you know, if you're, you know, if you happen to listen to us and you're abroad, like, just be thankful that you you're enjoying your. Your nice society and, and, and living you can go to m- you can, more or less predictable life, hopefully. Yeah, you Whereas can go, we are go places. in the dark here. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck is going on right now. <laughs> Anthony's, Anthony's being extremely <laughs> grim. I'm going to brighten up our day a little bit. Um, NWSL, as we kind of mentioned early on in the, in the, uh, in the episode, finally... Uh, LA is getting a women's soccer team. And if there's one thing that I have said time and again, it's there's always this like equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. And what's bothered me about that is not that I don't think that women um, deserve equal pay, especially when it comes to soccer. I think they deserve 
equal pay and I think they deserve probably to get paid more than the men because they're so prolific and they're so good they're the best in the world however what has always bothered me and been a bummer with soccer in America is and, and probably I mean not so much in other countries more recently but certainly in America is the inability for women to make a real living playing professional soccer outside of the World Cup that doesn't happen on a big level it's unfortunate, and with things like this, in big markets with real support, and I don't just mean ownership, I mean real culture community that's now thriving and like asking for this, mm-hmm. it just, the timing couldn't be better. I know like we're getting over this COVID stuff, but by the time we get back and, you know, looking like a little bit about it, it's looking about a year or two years. Well, yeah, in a more ideal environment. You know the, the the potential is there. Yeah, but even even we'll put, we'll put that away. But we'll, when we talk about, like I said, the culture and what's happening, mm-hmm. for it to come to LA, we've asked for it, and it's just it's perfect. The ownership that they have in place, perfect, and I'm just super excited to see what can happen. More importantly, the women that you know ride for us and that crush in the World Cup and that show everyone what we can do. Now they can make a real living they don't need to like get you know uh, uh, personal training gigs on the side or anything they can be mm-hmm. athletes and just focus on playing soccer mm-hmm. which which that's what men do why, mm-hmm. why can't they you know so having the ability to do that I think is awesome and hopefully we can get this on the level to where it, it grows and grows and grows um, certainly having it in LA is a big deal and it, there's a lot of interesting threads and dynamics that happen because not uh, backed by LAFC. Miaham is part owner, however. Mm-hmm. Uh, AEG's ownership right now is still kind of like a gray area as far as what I know. Um, if they, where they're going to play, how they're going to play, if they're going to play at, at, um, in Carson or if they're going to play in LA, there's still a lot to be said. But what's happening already is there's conversations on Twitter happening between LAFC fans and Galaxy fans saying that we need to put this shit away and unify and and support our support girls this th- support this team support our women and that's mm-hmm. fucking <laughs> crazy yeah. that's crazy and it's awesome that's awesome you know that's 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 what needs to happen that type of thing needs to happen um how it happens and how those discussions happen i think is a, a much more delicate and intricate intricate question or uh conversation um but it takes time and as long as people are willing and open to have those conversations you know hey man I'm free. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm free to, to help out in any way, shape, or form that I can. That uh, that I can. So I think this is just super positive and, and I'm stoked. I saw, I was kind of mentioning, I saw the uh, the level of support that, that the Thorns had in Portland. Yeah. And how I've the supporters were like riding for them and mm-hmm. like, it was dope. I think mean, it was so cool to see that. It's just like an, a full in tandem thing and it's, that's one thing was awesome to see about the the football support in Portland. I, I saw so many cars with like both badges yeah, in the back, yeah. different both like flags and scarves and restaurants and everything. Just like there, it was both teams. It wasn't just one team. It was both teams that represent the city yeah, so well. Yeah. So uh, super excited! Can't wait to see that happen. Um, obviously, in the coming coming months, you know, we'll see how things unravel and how uh, where they're gonna play. You know, I, I'm not even. I'm, I guess I'm assuming they settled on that name, but what the colors are going to look like, how the supporters gal- uh, galvanize, and how that moves forward. We just got the news today, so uh, super cool, super exciting. 
Um, one thing we haven't done since we've come back is we haven't talked too much about fashion stuff and about kits and things like that. Um, I certainly want to get to that, but there's a lot of new stuff that is being released as we speak. So I want to hold off till certainly all of the EPL kits have dropped and then we can get more in depth, rank them, talk shit, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just kind of uh, to touch on that stuff. There hasn't been a lot. Obviously, things are slowing down right now, so you're, you're not seeing too many like uh, drops, although our homies at FC Dorsum are about to do their midnight market um, the, on the 23rd, and then they got another collaboration with uh, Umbro Korea. So just to give you a brief rundown, the Dorsum drop that will happen on the 23rd, this was all kind of created and... There's two sort of scenarios, right? There's there's a couple different things that that happened. One was the idea of what would Dorsum look like in the 90s? What mm-hmm. would they wear? And then it came from Ben. Ben would Ben is one of the co-founders or creators of Dorsum and he obviously they would put out a line or they would put out you know whatever uh, jerseys and t-shirts and all kinds of things. Um, but those were like general sales so most people could just go and buy it. But Ben, what he would do is he would get his own custom jersey or his own custom, like, he would do a lot of, like, almost, like, coaching pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a jacket with, like, BC on it. and it yeah, was He's like really a, into training garb. Yeah, yeah, loves his training mm-hmm. gear, right? But it was just one-offs. And so people would complain and talk shit to him. And he did it because, like, he's flexing. Like, look mm-hmm. at this. This is cool. This is mine. It's unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, kind of, the, the ethos, even more so, was that he wanted to give people a one-off. So what they did was they literally found vintage nike jerseys um jackets warm-ups all kinds of uh, sweats all kinds of things that were soccer driven of course and then repurposed them with uh dorsum logos and dorsum branding and etc etc so it took them a while to do that and now they're releasing them as the majority are one-off pieces i think they have uh like five or six of each of the jerseys and they're dropping um minimal pieces starting at midnight on the 23rd and then lastly, what ties everything together is it's kind of an homage to uh, the midnight market that happens in Seoul, Korea. Um, it's just like a, a night market where like a bunch of fashion kind of thrives and they wanted to pay homage to that. Uh, and the best way to do that during COVID is to have like a midnight release. So nice. that's kind of how that happens. We'll talk more about the Umbro stuff um, on the next episode because that's going to be a little bit later. But super dope drop. Make sure you check it out in a couple of days. Um, we'll be posting it on our socials and all that. Um, but for now, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I'm good, man. I just got to notice that I got some kits in the mail, so I'm going to go open them. Yeah, dude's mm. been shopping. He's trying to get up on his vintage kit game right now. Yeah, getting my Depop set. Uh, sold a couple kits already. But uh, yeah, looking good, man. Keep keep an eye out. Yeah, I still have some shit that I haven't even posted on the, the Voyeur's Depop, if any if anyone has ever lurked it. I've, I know I've moved a few few pieces over COVID, which I was surprised about. I sold some indoor shoes, too. Well, people, uh, retail therapy you know, is, is a thing. Oh, and yeah. then a lot, a lot, a lot, you can get some really good pieces right now for dirt cheap because people are just trying to sell mm-hmm. right now. So that's, that's something to think about. And then you can save that and flip them later down, later on down the line. But anyway, we'll talk about that another day. All right, my man, you good? Yeah, we're good. All right, kids. We'll see you next week. Take care. Later. Peace.